When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Soul Recovery. I just want to say welcome to anybody who's new and listening for the first time. And I want to say a huge gratitude for those of you who are joining me again. I can't tell you how much it means to me to be growing this community and for us all to be doing soul recovery work together. Today, I wanted to talk about the 12 steps. And I think that the 12 steps are really important because even though that is the main tool that's used in addiction recovery, as you know, I'm a recovered alcoholic and they were essential for me when I was first in that stage of trying to get out of my obsession and out of my crazy life. What I was inspired by with soul recovery is this idea that It doesn't matter if you have an active addiction, that what comes out of the people that really do the 12-step work, really have the spiritual awakening, is that it turns out that whatever was your drug of choice or your behavior of choice is really on the side of the piece of our heart and of our souls that needed the recovery. And that's what soul recovery is. It's that awareness that you don't have to have something that is dragging you down in terms of drugs and alcohol or behaviors, that you have a place in you that wants to be happier, that wants to be fuller, that wants to be living from your greater potential, that has places where you're stuck, that has relationships that are stuck, that has behaviors that have you stuck. And you want to do something about it. You want to do something about it. When we're working on this, you don't know where to start. 
And that's where the 12 steps really come in. That's really profound and amazing. And the 12 steps were started from Alcoholics Anonymous, and they've been picked up by other 12-step programs. And we have a lot of Al-Anon listeners here. And Al-Anon is such an amazing, amazing organization that has helped so many people who have been so deeply affected by the alcoholism that is just pervasive in our lives and in our society and in our families and in our dynamics. So many of us don't even realize that alcoholism is a family disease. And even though it may not be in your immediate family right this minute, it probably has touched you in some way, friends, relatives, parents, brothers, sisters, kids, those people when they have an addiction, it affects us. And our desire to fix it, our desire to jump in and do something about it, our obsession that we can get to try to control those behaviors and to help people. As you know, control is one of my number, number one things that I talk about, that we can make ourselves sick, emotionally, spiritually sick by trying to over control other people and the lives around us. And in soul recovery, we're bringing it back, we're bringing that focus back to ourselves. And we're releasing everything else, one step at a time, one step at a time. So to introduce the 12 steps is how we get to that one step at a time. And it can be really overwhelming when you first start to notice that it's not going well for you and that it's gotten to a place where it's just too much or that your life just feels incredibly out of control or you have the awareness of a deep sadness that's going on or the anxiety that's happening in your life. So many of us are just filled with worry We worry about our kids. We worry about our parents. We worry about money. We worry about our jobs. We worry about our people in our lives. We worry that we're in trouble. We worry that we're not enough. We worry that we're too much. We just are filled with worry. And so I want to introduce the 12 steps in terms of soul recovery. And again, just stress upon the fact that this is a spiritual journey. And that for each of you, you each have a unique story, but each of your stories is so, so, so important. Each of you in your lives, right where you are sitting right now, your value and your worth is so profound. And what I want for each of you is to have space to give yourself a break, to have space to love yourself and to see your worth to connect with your higher power, to have joy and happiness in your life, to not feel that burden of the world that we carry on our shoulders, to just have joy, to enjoy every moment. So I'm going to talk about the 12 steps. I haven't written anything out. You know, if you've been here before, I just start a podcast and I start talking. I want to really talk about this way that I see it. So again, I'm just going to caveat starting out. This is soul recovery, Rev Rachel's explanation and journey and thought process on how this works. Again, take what works for you and leave the rest. 
So I love the first step. First step is that we admitted that we were powerless and that our life had become unmanageable. And for many of us, you can look at that step and you can be like, yeah, my life's unmanageable and I'm powerless. But when you actually dig in really deeper and you really recognize that powerlessness is not just of the substance that potentially you might have or the behavior that you might have or the worry that you might have or the anxiety that you might have or the fear that you might have, that you were powerless over every single other thing in the world. We are powerless over politics. We are powerless over the environment. We are powerless about what is happening in the greater world's dynamics. Does that mean that we can't care about it? That we can't have a determination or a desire to do something to be a light in the world? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is that we really feel that inside of us, the discomfort that comes from feeling powerless. And if you do work with me, we start to look at where those places are in your life. It's amazing when you really start recognizing how it affects you that you didn't even realize it affects you. And when our lives are okay, they're kind of okay, we don't even begin to really, really hunker down into that realization of how out of control our life is. Partially because we're almost like the frog in the pot that starts to boil, that you get in the water and it's cool, and you don't even realize that it's heating up. And until it is too late, until it is too late, and it's over. So the hope is that when you're having this realization, and you're in this place, first step, what you're noticing is my life is out of control, and I'm powerless for it. I can't do anything about it. And just witnessing that feeling And when you work through the steps, it's not like you get through the steps and then you never come back. Oh, no, you come back all the time. I can't tell you how many days I go, oh, look at me. I'm in step one. I am powerless over this situation and it feels really, really, really unmanageable. But just having something to say and recognize helps me move to the next step. So step two is that we came to believe that there's a power greater than ourselves that can actually restore us to sanity. That there is a power greater than us that actually can help us, support us, guide us, give us intuitive thought, whatever those may be. That there is guidance, that there is a power greater than us that can help. And for many of us, that's a big one because maybe you're not religious. Maybe you are somebody who's been hurt by religion or it just never was in your life before. You've always done everything all by yourself. And allowing a power greater than yourself is really more than anything you've ever felt comfortable with. And so it's really a place where you just start. You don't have to like totally dive in and believe it 100% and be converted (laughs) into a spiritual way of living. It's just a willingness. It's really just opening up your heart and your mind 
and the the willingness, that little tiny opening crack in the door that says, yeah, I might be willing to believe, to come to believe that there's something that could support me. I might be willing. That's a big step. That is a big step. And you could just feel the peace that comes when you say that, that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, could restore this life that feels so overwhelming, these feelings that feel so overwhelming, this behavior, this addiction that just feels like I can't do anything about it. And then step three is being willing to actually trust that higher power, to turn it over to that higher power, to let go of control, to release control. I know this was the biggest one for me. And again, I come back to it on a very regular basis. Can I hand my life over to the care of this higher power? Can I believe and trust and hand it over and stop thinking that I have to be in control of everything? We talk about this all the time in soul recovery, that we don't have to be in control. That as a matter of fact, the more that you trust this higher power, the more that you allow yourself to be on the river of the flow. And I was just talking to my husband today about how sometimes you're on the flow of that river and it's just smooth sailing. You're just, it's just going along. And then sometimes some big rapids come. And when you're in a healthy place, you're like, I'm on a good boat. I've got an oarman in the back. That's higher power. And he's going to guide me through. And I just need to keep paddling or hold on or whatever that is. And I'm going to make it through. It's going to be all right. I know I'm headed into the right direction. And sometimes we freak out and we're just, we go into complete panic mode and we think there's no way I'm going to make it. I'm not going to be okay. And that doesn't help you in those situations. So when you can actually trust the care of a higher power and be willing to let go of control, to surrender, to surrender, to surrender, take the weight off your shoulders. Step four is to take a fearless inventory of your life. And I do this differently than they do in AA when we're working on soul recovery. Because soul recovery, as you know, I believe that there is real importance in going back and looking at those patterns and the resentments that you may have or the things that are keeping you stuck and helping to break them up and to rattle them a little bit. My real awareness is you don't want to keep going back and being in that old energy unless you're working on it and moving it forward. And when you're with somebody who's coaching you and helping you and guiding you to be able to look at those old life patterns, to look at the things that happened to you in your life that have set up how you behave today and how you interact with people at work or how you interact in your relationships with loved ones, how you interact with your kids, how you interact with family members. Are you explosive? Are you shy? Do you allow yourself to feel small? Are you combative? Are you super creative? Do you have a big personality? What are those things in you? What are those things in you, both the positives and also those aspects of yourself that 
are keeping you held back from your fullest self, the ones that keep you from really living your potential because they continue to be rigid. They continue to have feelings that keep you stuck or make you sick. So in step four, for me, I like to work with people and really help them move through that process quickly to be able to recognize those things and not get too deep in it unless they need to. Every person in every situation is different. And some people really have a lot more that needs to be worked on and other people not so much. So then you get to step five, which says that we admit it to God, to ourselves and another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. I take that a little differently as well. I think that step five is really being witnessed. And when I do a step five with my clients, there is something that's really profound about having somebody just hear your story. Just hear all those things that we just talked about in step four. To really, really hold that space for you that allows you to see those patterns in a loving and open and accepting way. No judgment. No judgment. We all have these lives where we develop aspects of ourselves and personality traits that were essential for our safety, for our survival at different parts in our lives. And we often just don't know how to let them go or we clinch onto them and then they become behaviors and habits and personality traits that don't benefit us. So to have somebody sit with you and really help you be able to recognize those pieces of yourself that maybe you do know and maybe you don't know is profound. And it helps us to let go of and recognize those parts of us, those personality traits, those behaviors that are no longer serving us, that are holding us back. And then step six, it says that we're ready to have higher power remove these. And for me to really come back again and again and again and and be in a place where I go, oh, that is judgment. Oh, wow, I'm really in judgment right now. I don't want to be in judgment. I don't want to be in self-righteousness. So I recognize that I'm in self-righteousness right now. I'm going to breathe it out. I'm just going to witness that and not judge it in myself. And I'm going to ask my higher power to take that from me. To have all these pieces and parts and personality traits, and (laughs) we are such complicated human beings, to have all those pieces and just look at them without judgment, again, just to say, of course, in my life and the things that happened to me in my life, of course, it kind of played out this way. And I can see why I might be judgmental, or I might be selfish, or I might be self-seeking, or I might be critical, or I might be egotistical, or I might have a bad temper. I can see why I have those pieces, but I actually don't want them anymore. They are not helping me. They are not serving me. And so the next step is to ask your higher power to remove these from you. So you're ready to have them taken away. And then you actually are handing them over just like in step three, where you're saying, I'm giving this to my higher power. 
And again, these are witnessed pieces of working together in soul recovery, where you have support and love and connection. And the awareness that you can have in it can free years and years and years of self-doubt and criticism. We all have those things. And there's so often the reasons why we're repeating behaviors or repeating our thought processes or repeating our anxieties that are holding us back. And so then the next one is to really take a look at the people that we may have harmed in our life. And step eight is to make a list of those people that we've harmed. And so, so many times we're being like the repeated pattern, the the tape in our head of, or I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that, or if I had been nicer to my spouse, or if I hadn't said that to my kids, and we hold this judgment of ourselves. Or maybe we didn't hold the judgment, but we didn't even realize it was in there kind of eating away at us that maybe we weren't the kind of person that we wanted to be. And so to be able to list out how those who those people were, and then be willing to begin to make amends, to make amends to them. So that's step nine. The way that soul recovery does it is a little different than an AA or an Al-Anon, because this is in soul recovery, this is your journey. And these are guidelines, and they're not rules or regulations. And so everybody has a different amount of either wreckage, or just trauma or hurt or discontent that's happened in those relationships. And so it looks different in every single person of how you want to deal with cleaning up your side of the street. And it can be so freeing to actually have conversations with people where you say, I'm just really sorry for the way that our relationship was. And I, I, I recognize that I hurt you. And to give them space without you being defensive or trying to justify to be able to have somebody say, it was really painful for me. It's kind of like restorative justice and how they've been able to take these people who had crimes against them and allow the two of them to talk and the amount of freedom that comes from both sides and clarity and letting go of those resentments that happen that really can be long-term painful things that happen in people's lives. Similar that when you have the ability to connect with somebody and have a deep conversation where you take responsibility for your part and not asking responsibility on their part of who, what you want them to say, you're just staying in your own lane and soul recovery. We are constantly turning within. We are taking the the emphasis of the soul recovery, and we just bring it into ourselves. We're not asking anybody else to change. And when you've had that opportunity to really make an amend to somebody, it doesn't have to live in you anymore as guilt or shame. We're trying to let go of the guilt and the shame. And then step 10 is to do a daily connection with ourselves to continue to take this inventory, to continue to look at ourselves. And when we see that something didn't go the way it's supposed to go, to promptly fix it. 
So when you become more aware and you become more awake and you've let go and you've shed all these layers of shame and of pain and guilt and fear and anxiety, you start to blossom and you start to want to have deep relationships with people and you want to really connect with people so that when you see that something that you said didn't land correctly, the first thing you want to do is say, hey, I really realized I could have done that better. And I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to do that. And to be able to quickly clean those things up and not have them sit around. Step 11 is to have prayer and meditation in your life, to be continually having conscious contact with your higher power, to have a spiritual practice. Because generally, when you've gotten to this place, something has happened to you. Some lightness has happened to you. Some change has happened in you. And generally, whatever the obsession was, whatever the worry was, whatever the behavior or the addiction has started to change. And that those relationships that we had that weren't working for us anymore have often gone away. And we've started to seek out relationships with people who are healthier. And we are healthier. And we start to take responsibility for ourselves and we've stopped being blaming. We've stopped being victims. We've stopped pointing the finger at everybody else that they should be the ones that should be different. We started to realize I can't change them. I can't make the world be anything different than what it is. All I can do is put the energy on myself to be the best me that I can be, the greatest light that I can be. And then step 12 is to be of service, to be of service to the world, that if someone's reaching out their hand and they need help, to be there to help them in new, healthy, and real ways that are not about taking over someone else's life or jumping in or fixing it or being controlling. It's about offering your experience and strength and hope, which is what soul recovery came from. That as my life changed so drastically, so dramatically from what it was when I was an active alcoholic to a place where things can really be out of control. If I think about where I was before and that some of the same stuff is happening in my life, because I'm still living and I'm still working with people, I still have relationships. And I'm still butting up against people and I'm still trying to figure it out. But I see it so differently. I see it in a way that is really about just going down that stream and seeing those rapids instead of thinking that the whole world's on fire, that I can't possibly survive, that I can't possibly cope. And the only way to cope is to partake in bad behaviors, check out behaviors. I couldn't drink enough to make my pain go away. And I thank God didn't die. But I remember some nights when I just I was drinking so much. And as I was drinking, I thought to myself, there just isn't enough alcohol to make this hurt stop. And sometimes you feel like there's just not enough, whatever it is to make the hurt stop of the people around you. And those interactions and those feelings that we have in being human together. 
But as I've walked through these steps, as I've continued to revisit them over and over again, and done soul recovery and done spirituality, and really, really dug into a practice of meditation and prayer of my own style, and each of you have your own styles and your own prayers and your own meditations, there's a peace in me that is profound and a happiness, even as I'm in the rapids, that I'm not completely lost. And I would be have been so lost, even with some of the stuff that's happening in my life right now. But I'm okay. I'm okay because I trust that I've handed my life over to the care of a higher power that knows where to take me, that I'm going to be okay, that everything is working out for its highest good. And as a matter of fact, everything is actually moving in the direction that it's supposed to move for things to be better in my life, especially when I don't fight it. So the 12 steps are really this profound and amazing way to just give us guidance when it just feels like it's too much. And I use them very loosely when I'm working with people because every single person has your own story, your own situation, your own relationships, and there's an intuitiveness to know what you need in each of those moments to guide you because really you know. And sometimes you just need the support of somebody to help you through it by seeing you for everything that you are. So this is my soul recovery take on the 12 steps. I just am so grateful to have each and every one of you as part of the soul recovery community. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some tools and guidance and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you are ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions with some support. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and there you can find out more about me, book your coaching or spiritual counseling session, subscribe to receive our email updates, listen to some of my music. I have some originals and I've had various bands over the years. You can also read the blog that includes stories and insights from the Recover Your Soul community. I want to thank you for supporting the production of this podcast. Every single donation makes such a big difference. And you can donate on the homepage of the website. Also, by following, subscribing, reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group and become part of our transformation community. Share who you are. Share where you're from. Share your story. Let's all connect. Until next time, namaste. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.